Sunday mornings. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I wasn't necessarily planning to go this way, but open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is just the, how many of you ready for the preliminary sermon? This is the warm-up sermon. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians, why don't you go over to chapter 14 and verse 23. Just a a little little sidebar here before we get started. A little appetizer. Amen. Glory to God. In verse 23, 1 Corinthians 14, 23, it says, If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad? Now we understand here it's talking about in the church of Corinth that that church, all they did was speaking, speaking tongues for their services. Meaning you, wouldn't, you couldn't go there and, and get uh, an intelligible you know, message spoken in their, you know, their native natural language, right? And they were going there and they thought they were being mega spiritual by just speaking in tongues to everybody and no one could understand anything, no doctrine was being understood. Uh, and they say, well, if they're coming unbelievers... Uh, in the unlearned, will they not say that you're mad? But drop down there just three verses later to verse 26. It says, how is it then, brethren? Brethren, do we have any brethren here tonight? Christians born again, hallelujah. Love the Lord, received them into your heart. It says, how is it then, Christians, believers, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Do you see that uh, just here in these few short verses, uh, first of all, he talked about uh, in verse 23, uh, uh, when the whole church comes together, and then in verse 26, he says, but how be it brethren when you come together. You see that there's two different kinds of meetings here. Of course, the first meeting is he's talking about in verse 23 is more of an evangelistic service, right? The unlearned or the unbelievers that they come in, you're there to win the lost, you're there to teach the saints. You're there to, you know, uh, uh, to have an evangelistic type service. But how many of you know verse 26 is talking about a believer's meeting? That's right. When all, everyone there present are believers. Amen. Amen. Notice that there's a different flow. Hallelujah. He tells you, how is it then, brethren, when Christians come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. Boy, that just goes to show you how you should come to church already jacked. Yeah. That's right. I'll tell you what, we, sometimes we wait to get to church before, you know, we wait for, you know, to be here before the Holy Ghost comes on us. And uh, how many of you know we're, we can walk in here already primed? You know, where we're not, we're not looking to take something off the table. We're looking to put something on the table. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so I'm just uh, pointing out the fact that this is Wednesday night. How many of you are born again with the blood of Jesus Christ? You love the Lord with all your heart. Just go ahead, lift your hand. I see everyone's hand up. You can put it down. See, this is a believer's meeting. Amen. We might not have an altar call tonight for people to get saved, even though we've had people saved on Wednesday night sure, before. Sure. But for the most part, this is a believer's meeting. Yeah. Amen. And how many of you know there's a different flow? There's things that the Holy Ghost can do, you know, through us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You could be sitting there, you know, as we're just praising and worshiping, and the, the Spirit of God just inspire a psalm right up out of your heart. You just might be there by yourself, and, and the music's going on, and there might be a break in the song or or whatever, and it's time when, when you're exhorted to worship, all of a sudden you start worshiping, all of a sudden you, you just start singing a praise, a psalm, you just start glorifying God. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You, might, you might start singing in, in the Spirit, singing in other tongues. You could start interpreting that tongue. Amen. Amen. 
How many of you know that that's not just for the, the pastor or the minister or the music minister right, to do? Right. How many of you know that's something that's for all of us? Hallelujah. Amen. But I tell you what, let's come to church already juiced. Yes, right. Let's come pre-juiced, right? Yes. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the regularly scheduled programming here tonight. If you want to join me over in Romans, uh, the 8th chapter, tonight we're going to talk about developing your inward man. Developing your inward man. And what I'm going to talk about specifically is developing your spirit with the Word of God. Developing your spirit with the Word of God. We know recently we've been talking about how to be led by the Holy Ghost. We've talked about the fact that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding, right? Job verse thir- or chapter 32, verse 8. We looked over there at Proverbs 20 and 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. What man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Right? Amen. right? Amen. And we've been looking that the Spirit of God is searching the inward parts of our belly. And that's the candle of the Lord. And God is speaking to us in the still, small voice. He's bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. Now we're going to start talking about how to develop your spirit, man, with the Word of God. Because we want to be sensitive to hear the voice of God. Yes. We want to have a spirit man that has the ascendancy over our flesh, over our mind. Let's be spiritual people, amen? Amen. And so we're going to talk about uh, the place that the Word of God has in doing that, all right? Now, if you're sitting here saying, oh, I don't need this message, I read my Bible all the time, let me give you a newsflash, the Bible never tells you to read it. Not once can you find me one scripture that says just to sit and read your Bible. That might shock you. Oh, my goodness. I went to church and the pastor told me not to read my Bible. No, there might be some reading involved, but it won't be reading alone. Amen. We need to make sure that the word of God uh, uh, breaks that carnality in our mind, that we renew our mind with the word of God so we can allow our spirit to rise up and take the preeminence in our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, Brother Hagin, he said this. He said that the, the most needed thing in the body of Christ is a renewed mind. Amen. So tonight we're just going to teach and we're going to demonstrate how to feed your spirit with the Word of God. Amen. Because it looks a lot different uh, than just sitting there reading your Bible. Right. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. How many of you just believe we're going to get fed here tonight? Yeah. We're going to get fed. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Just glorify God. Bless you, Father. You are so good. You are so good. You are so good. Praise you, Father. We're in Romans chapter 8. I'll tell you what, just stay hooked up. Because God's going to do something in our midst here tonight. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8. Let's start right at the first verse. We're talking about developing your spirit with the Word of God. I'm going to teach you some things. And it might seem a little academic here for, for off the start, you know, tonight. There's such an anointing up here, I can hardly talk. Just, just, stay, just stay hooked up. Just stay hooked up. And if I fall on the floor, just start praising the Lord and glorify God. If I have to preach from my back, I'll do it. <laughs> Verse 1. We're going to do some teaching and then we're going to do some demonstrating. I'm going to show you 
what the word will look like in your life. Amen. Verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, that's us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The whole chapter begins with this difference between the flesh and the Spirit. And he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Aren't you glad? You will never be able to live by the Ten Commandments. Don't try it. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Just remember that. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now verses 5 and 6 is what I want to get to here off the start. He says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right off the top, we, have a defi- we get a definition of what it means to walk in the Spirit, and we also get a definition of what it means to walk in the flesh. Look at verse 5. It says, For they that are after the flesh, or pursue the things of the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. So there's the definition. That's what's happening when somebody is walking in the flesh. Definition. Are you ready? It's when the mind and the flesh join up or team up against a man's spiritual nature. Walking in the flesh is no more than a a coalition of your flesh and your mind working together against your spirit. That is what's happening. You know that you are a three-part nature. You are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body, right? So when, when two of three of your parts of your nature are working against that, uh, that third part, you know what I mean? When two-thirds of you wants to go a certain direction, that's the direction you're going to go. Sure. So that's what happens when people walk in the flesh. Now, you need to get a hold of this because what we're talking about right now is the reason why, why, why people uh, live in defeat instead of victory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they have allowed their mind and their flesh to team up against their spirit. Oh, sure. That's absolutely right. This is the difference between, this is what separates the, 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 the people that have life and they have joy from the people that have defeat and frustration. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Let's just get a hold of this. He says, for they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. But now here's, look at this definition. He says, but they that are after the Spirit, they do mind the things of the Spirit. Here we go. So here's the definition of how you're going to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means there's a coalition or your spirit and your mind have teamed up together. Never forget this. The mind is the gateway to your spirit. And until your mind is in line with your spirit man, and when I say that, I mean the born-again spirit nature. When your born-again spirit nature lines up with your mental mind, that's when you're going to start walking in victory. Here's what we must understand. The spirit of man must rise up and gain the ascendancy over the carnal, natural mind. We must learn that we have to live out of our spirit and not out of our mentality, right? 
We have to know and we have to understand that. So walking in the Spirit, that will occur when your spirit and your mind are in agreement with each other. Can we bring up verse 5 in the Amplified? Just look up here. Look how the Amplified Bible says this. It says, For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, they set their minds and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. So notice, that's exactly what happens. As soon as the flesh and the mind get in agreement, there's control. As soon as the mind and the flesh uh, uh, come together, all of a sudden you're going to start to pursue the things of the flesh. But notice when the spirit and the mind come together, that's the things you're going to start to pursue. You're going to pursue the things of the spirit. You're going to pursue the things of the word. So we know right now that we must learn to get our spirit and our mind joined up and working together. And there's a way to do that. And there's only one way to do that. Amen. But let's go down there to verse 6 in the King James. It says, For to be carnally minded is death. That word death there, and it also says this in the Amplified, it means all the misery that is comprised or a result of sin. I don't want any of that, do you? See, this is why there's Christians out there that are thoroughly born again, but they're miserable. There's Christians out there that they are saved, they are heaven-bound, they're going to heaven. But on this earth, they remain miserable, defeated, and, and, and weary, and burned out, and unhappy, and unfulfilled, and unsatisfied. Yeah. Because to be carnally minded is death or all the misery that is comprised as a result of sin in this life and hereafter. That's what the Amplified says. My goodness, I don't want to have any of that, do you? So this is the dividing line between those that walk in misery or those that walk in victory. That's right. What are you going to be? Well, thank you for that wonderful response. We had Pastor Brad and, and my wife said, victory. <laughs> And no offense, but you guys weren't even all that excited about it. But that's, but that, but that's 100% more than what everyone else gave. So is it going to be misery or victory? victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So notice that the mind and the spirit have got to get working together. Praise the Lord. So I'm just kind of teaching here. We're just, we're just starting out. Hallelujah. And we're going to get to some things. Praise the Lord. We must understand that even when a person is born again, even when the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of them, even when they get saved, they still have the carnal mind driving the show, right? And we must know that even a newly saved person must unseat that carnal mind, must unseat the flesh. The flesh is a poor captain for the mind. Yeah, yeah. The flesh has got to go. The flesh cannot continue to drive the mind. When a person gets born again, see, this is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve committed high treason and sold out against God, sold out for the devil, right? And the sin nature came upon all humanity. This is what happened. Man was a spirit being before he sinned, right? Still is a spirit being, but that, that spirit that God put in him had the ascendancy. Adam, before he sinned, his spirit was completely alive unto God, completely uh, uh, in control, completely making all the decisions, completely following God. And then when he sinned, that death nature came on, on the inside. And that's what happened. The flesh took over. The flesh and the carnal mind took the ascendancy away from man's spirit. 
That's what Jesus came to give us back. He came to give us back the ability for our spirit man to once again be completely redeemed with the same life and a better life that Adam had. Where we can be spiritual beings, having the, uh, that our, our spirits alive unto God, where our spirit can once again rise to the ascendancy over this sinful nature. Glory to God, aren't you glad for Jesus? That's exactly what Jesus came to give us back. That which was stolen in the Garden of Eden, and that which was stolen was that ability, hallelujah, that ability to have our spirit have the ascendancy over our carnal mind and our flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to give that back? So here we know we must join our mind and our spirit. We have to get them working together. Your mind has got to get in line with the word. It has got to get in line with that born-again nature. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you want life and peace? Go with me to Hebrews 4.12. We're just going to do a little teaching. Just going to teach. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the anointing to teach tonight. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Go to Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There is a constant contest between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that the spirit and the flesh are at war with one another. They're at friction. They're at contest. And we know what it is that they are after. The flesh and the spirit, they both are at war for some prime real estate. That prime real estate is your brain. Right? Because the flesh knows that if it gets a hold of your brain, it's going to control your life. The spirit knows that if it gets a hold of your brain, it's going to control your life. Amen? So the prize that the flesh and the spirit war after is your mind. Right? And we have to make sure it's the spirit that gets a hold of it. Amen? And this is what we do. Let's go to Hebrews 4. In verse 12, I quoted this verse while we were praying. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. We are going to be led by the Spirit. We're going to develop our spirit. We're going to be spiritually minded. We're going to have life and peace. We're going to walk in the plans and purposes of God for our life. We are going to think and be controlled of our spirit nature. We are going to, we are going to pursue the things of the Holy Ghost. We're going to pursue the, the, the thoughts and plans that you have for us. We are going to move out. We are going to step out in faith. We're going to walk out all the purposes you have for our life. We're going to hear your voice. We're going to be developed in our spirit. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Verse 12 says this, For the word of God is quick, that word quick means alive, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts in the intents or the intentions of the heart. How many of you have heard me quote this verse? Probably just about every Sunday. Amen. Half of you have. All right, we'll get the other half caught up. Praise the Lord. Now let's just go here. And so we got to join soul and spirit. Remember the word soul, it means your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions. All right? Your spirit 
is the real you on the inside of you, right? Your spirit is the part that God talks with. It's the part that's recreated in the image of God. It's where the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, right? It's where the nature of God dwells. Amen. Now look at this. It says in verse 12, it says that the word of God is so sharp and powerful, alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice where it goes. It says, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The New King James says, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Uh, uh, the, the Good News uh, translation, I believe it is, says that it pierces even to uh, the dividing line of soul and spirit. The Phillips translation, listen to this, it says, for the word that God speaks is alive and active. It cuts more keenly than any two-edged sword. It strikes through to the place where soul and spirit meet, to the innermost intimacies of a man's being. It exposes the very thoughts and motives of a man's heart. But this is what I want you to focus on. It says it strikes through to that place where spirit and soul meet. There is a place where spirit and soul meet. And we have to, we already saw over there in Romans 8, 6. We have to be spiritually minded. That means we have to connect soul and spirit. And this is the only way to do it here in Roman, or Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. With the word of God. Amen. There's only one thing that can get down there to that place where soul and spirit meet. Amen. It's the word of God. It, prayer, as important as that is, does not get there. Right, 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 right. Praying in tongues will not get to that place, of the, to the, uh, place where soul and spirit meet. Right? Because Paul said over there in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, it says, what is it then? I will pray with my spirit. Right? I'll pray with my understanding. He said, for he that prays in unknown, unknown tongues, he said, my, my spirit by the Holy Spirit prays within me, but my mind is unfruitful. So obviously that praying in tongues does not connect your mind to your spirit. You just get to pray up out of your spirit and your mind has no idea what's going on. So obviously we can't just pray in the Holy Ghost only. Because I know there's a lot of people that they will, they will pray lots in other tongues, lots in other tongues, but then they will still act carnal because the intentions of their heart were never discovered because they did not join soul and spirit. Right. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that one is more important than the other. I'm saying that there is a proper balance needed. Yeah. You can't be a person of prayer only. Right. People that, that pray only and they don't get into the word, they'll become flaky. You're right. You're right. They'll become flaky and they'll be more likely to sin, to disobey God, even though they pray all day. If they're not in the word, what did David say? He says, I've hid thy word in my heart that I sin not against you. Right? So we got to make sure that we have a balance. Because if we are all praying, then we will get flaky, weird. And you can pray a lot, but yet you'll still disobey God. But then on the other hand, if the only thing we all ever do is just meditate on the word, we'll get religious. We'll dry up. See, we need a balance. We need a, we need a balance. But we, need, we cannot skip the importance of the fact that it is only the word of God that gets down in there and makes you spiritually minded. 
spirit and soul together in agreement, working together, amen? Amen. In a coalition for the plan and purposes of God. I see so many Christians who don't renew their mind with the word, and they're miserable, they're unhappy, they're unfulfilled, they're wondering why we can stand up here and preach faith. And then they're not seeing the blessing. They're not seeing the the promise. They're not seeing the grace. How many of you know it takes the Word? you got to have an active diet of the Word. You know, you might come to church and we might pass out the groceries, but you got to do the cooking at home. you got to do the cooking at home. You come here, this is your spiritual grocery store. This is where you come and you you get some things off the shelf, but you got to go home. And you got to cook it up. you got to feast on it. you got to feed on it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Real simple stuff here. Not trying to be clever. Not trying to be sensational. But I'll tell you what, if God's people will just listen up and do this, we'll have a bunch of powerhouses around here. Powerhouses. Glory to God. So let's talk about where that place is where soul and spirit meet. It says, to the innermost intimacies of man's being. Praise God the Lord. We cannot be spiritual until this takes place. You will not be victorious, or I should say it this way, you will not walk in that victorious life until soul and spirit meet in your life, where your mind is in line with your born-again nature. Hallelujah. This will help you. Get ready. I'm going to demonstrate what this looks like. And I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you here in a little while what it looks like and how you walk this out and how you do this in your life. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. So this tells us how to do this. Can we bring this up in the Amplified Bible, please? It says, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, your soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. The word that God speaks. So this tells us how you are going to get to that place but to join soul and spirit. It's not by reading, it's by speaking. The word that God speaks is active, operative, energizing, and effective. How did God create everything? He spoke it, didn't he? God himself had to speak the word for it to work for him. He knew his word more than any of us. He is the Word. He knew the Word. He had it in his mind for, from the eternal past. But yet just thinking on the Word wasn't enough for God. He was sitting there the whole time with potential. He was sitting there the whole time with power, sitting there with potential, sitting there with the change the whole time, but no change ever occurred until he said, let there be light. Hallelujah. You can be sitting on a boatload of potential, but it's never going to energize and be active and operative until you speak it. Glory to God. If God's word didn't work for him until he spoke it, 
Why do you think it's going to work for you until you speak it? That's why I say you can't read the Bible only. Do you know I know Christians that read the Bible cover to cover every year and they're still whooped and beaten in life? I'm going to confess something to you right now. Are you ready for this? I have never in my life as a Christian, as a pastor, to this very day, 10 years of serving God, I've never read the Bible cover to cover. (gasps) Now, I've read all the Bible, but I don't sit down and read the Bible cover to cover. I don't. I don't. Because I don't read the Bible. I meditate on the Bible. Amen. Like, like Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, the great you know, uh, British Baptist preacher of the 19th century, he said this, I'd rather, get my, I'd rather soak in one or two verses than get my feet wet in three chapters. It's so true. It's so true. The Bible says, uh, what does it say? It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner but nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but in his word is his delight, and in his word does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, who shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. Hallelujah. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, Amen. But you shall meditate on it day and night, and thou shalt make your way prosperous. You shall have good success. You shall meditate. Meditate on the word. The word meditate, it means to mutter or to speak to yourself. Right? Ephesians chapter 5, 18, be not drunk with wine, wearing is excess, right? But be full of the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, speaking to yourselves, speaking to yourselves. That's right, that's right. Hallelujah, Colossians 3, 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? Admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Admonishing one another. Speaking to yourselves. I went to church and Pastor Tim told me to talk to myself. I talk to myself all the time. Come on. Why do I need... I'll tell you what. (laughs) I could say that. That would sound really strange and I didn't mean it that way. But I'll say it anyway. You just discern this. You'll understand what I'm talking about. I'm I'm my most favorite preacher I know. Right? Didn't David, didn't it say David encouraged himself in the Lord, right? And what I mean by that is that I don't need to go to a radio station. I don't need to turn, I mean, praise God for the Brother Hagin tapes and and for my Pastor Nancy books and stuff like that. And and I feed on those things, don't get me wrong. But I tell you what, I can just uh, flip on the word that's in my own spirit that I've meditated on. Glory to God. I just bust out the word. Get the word. I start speaking to myself. I start singing the word. Speaking to yourselves, psalms, hymns. A psalm is a spiritual poem, right? A hymn is, is more of a song, right? A spiritual ode. Praise God. We need to have that inspired in us. Glory to God. Speak to yourself. So many times we turn on the radio and we're listening to someone else doing all the speaking and we ourselves never say anything to our own spirit, to our own situation. Come on. You're sitting on the solution. You're sitting on the potential right now. You're sitting on divine potential. The same word that was spoken by faith, the faith of God. 
that created every element that you see and you know and that you touch is the same word that God gave to you sitting there between these two leather covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will create in your life. It'll create. That's right, it will. It'll create a new job position. Yes, It'll create promotion. Yes. It'll create health. It'll create joy. It'll create peace. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It creates. Because yes. it's the word that God speaks that's alive. It wasn't the word that God thought. It wasn't just the word that God heard. Though faith comes by hearing, but faith is not released by hearing. You can hear. I know a lot of Christians, they they listen to a lot of word, but they're still defeated. Because it got in through here, it was supposed to come out through here. It got in through their faith gate. It got in through the faith gate, which is your ears, but it never got released back out of the mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So good to be in church here tonight. Glory to God. The word of God is not energized until it's spoken. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. God's word, reading it might create potential, but reading it will never release potential. Speaking it will release potential. Glory to God. Speaking the word of God is how we connect soul and spirit speaking the word as how your mind gets renewed and joined to your spirit nature this is how you ever heard the 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 uh the phrase in the old testament right written upon the tablets of your heart this is how you write upon the tablets of your heart let me show you this i'll just have them run through some scripture how about psalm 45 in verse 1 it says my heart is indicting a good matter That word indicting there, it means to stir up. I like that. He says, my heart's going to stir up a good thing. My heart's going to stir up a good thing. When this world has no good thing to offer me, I'm going to stir one up. When all I hear is bad news on the TV, bad news in the media, I got good news in my heart. I can stir up a good thing whenever I need to. When the doctor's got bad news for you, guess what? You can stir up a good thing. Glory to God. I am so glad that I don't have to live by the testimony of the world. I'm so glad that I don't have to live by the evil report. I'm so glad that I don't need the the words of man to tell me the way it's going to be. Glory to God. What did Job say over there? He said, decree a thing and it'll come to pass for thee. Decree a thing. Love that. He said, my heart is stirring up a good matter. (laughs) Glory to God. Well, I heard there's layoffs coming down at the company. Well, I'm just going to stir up a good matter. Well, I heard someone say this is going to happen. I heard someone said gas is going to $10 a gallon. The economy is falling apart. Well, guess what? I'm not on the earth's economy. I can stir up a good matter. How do you stir up a good matter? My God shall supply all my needs by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. How do you stir up a good, good matter? Be not afraid, Abram, right? What did he say over there in uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1? He said, Abram, be not afraid. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Glory to God. <laughs> Just stir up a good matter. Well, 
you're not going to have enough. Don't you know this is going on in the earth today? Well, I don't care about what's going on on earth as much as I care about what's going on where my father lives, my homeland. My home is heaven. You see, I'd be, I'd be worried if I had to live off this earth too. But you know what? I don't have to be concerned, you know, because I'm, I'm, we're living from uh, heaven's economy. But do you know how to get this earth to respond to you? When you're walking on this earth and you need it to yield increase to you, the Bible tells you how to get this earth yielding increase. Oh, pastor, pastor, I know. You got to run out and you got to invest. Oh, pastor, pastor, you got to go out and, and you got to do this. Yeah, you need to be smart and be a good steward with money. But if you need this earth to yield her increase, how about Psalm 67 and verse 5? Let the people praise thee, O Lord. Let all the people praise thee. Then the earth will yield her increase. And the God, even our God, will bless us. That's right. That's right. That's Well... Pastor, but you, you, you didn't see the news today. You didn't hear that the dollar dropped another. I don't care. Come on. The dollar in heaven doesn't ever drop. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right? That's right. <laughs> Come on. My heart is stirring up a good matter. <laughs> Some of you are waiting for something, a, a trial before you start stirring up a good matter. You don't need a trial to stir up a good matter. Hallelujah. He said, I speak of the things which I've made touching the king. If you, if you read Psalm 45, you'll realize it's not talking about the king of Israel. Because David's writing this, and he is the king of Israel. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about the king of kings. Right? Mm. And he says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What's he talking about? He's like, I'm going to stir up my heart in a good thing. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Meaning his tongue is literally, the words that he speaks is going to write that good matter upon his heart. Can we go to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 3? Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. Hallelujah. Write them on the table of your heart. The Revised Standard Version, it says, let not loyalty and faithfulness loyalty and faithfulness. And then we know what verse 4 says. We know how verse 4 in this, in this same chapter goes on to say, then shall you have favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You want the favor of God? Stay loyal. Yes, yes. What is it over there in Proverbs? It says, that which is desired in man is loyalty. Loyalty. Stay loyal to your local church. Stay loyal to your department of ministry. Stay loyal to your spouse. Stay loyal to your boss. Stay loyal to your pastor. Be a person of loyalty and faithfulness. Watch the favor of God come on you and overtake you. He said, write these things on the table of your heart. How are you going to write faithfulness and loyalty on your heart? You're going to say them. You're going to say, I'm loyal to my spouse. I'm loyal to my pastor. I'm loyal to my church. I'm loyal to my Christian brothers and sisters. I'm loyal to the things of God. I'm loyal to prayer. I'm loyal to meditation. I'm loyal. That's right. Good. Good. You've got to say that about yourself. Write them upon the table of your heart. Go to Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 2. Keep my commandments. He's talking about his word. Keep my word and live. <laughs> right? Right? Class dismissed. That's, you can't say it any better than that. Keep my, keep my word and live. 
And my law is the apple of your eye. Verse 3. Bind them about, upon thy fingers. Write them on the table of your heart. How are you going to do that? Verse 4. Say unto wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say unto wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your kinswoman. Say of, of, of wisdom. Wisdom is my close relative. Right? Sounds a lot like 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. It says that Christ is made unto us wisdom. Right? Wisdom. Say of wisdom. When's the last time you said that? Wisdom is mine. Christ is my wisdom. Wisdom is in me. Wisdom just pulses in me and through me. It comes out of me. When this world gives me a squeeze, wisdom comes out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. Call understanding thy kinswoman. Wisdom. Right? What does it say over there? Proverbs 3.16 about wisdom. It says, in her right hand is length of days. In her left hand is riches and honor. Yes. Yes. Wisdom produces health and long life. Wisdom produces riches and honor. That's why he says, call wisdom your kinswoman. Understanding and wisdom, your, your closest relative. Amen. How are you going to write that word upon your heart? You've got to say. Say unto wisdom. You getting, getting anything out of this? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is how it's done. Go to Matthew chapter 4. We're talking about building our spirit man with the word. Connecting soul and spirit. This is where Christians fail. If they would understand. What it is there to feed on. Go to Matthew 4. Hallelujah. We'll get ready to wrap this up in about an hour or so. (laughs) Some of you laughing. Because you think I'm kidding. (laughs) Some of you that have been here long enough, you know I'm not kidding. And that's why you're not laughing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Potential will die unborn until it's spoken. Don't allow that divine potential to die in you. Don't let it go dormant. Don't let it go to waste. Get a hold of the word and start speaking it and declaring it and writing upon the tables of your heart. Hallelujah. Don't let your mind disqualify you. Don't live out of the the mind. The mind is a terrible place to live. You know, you can't live out of this thing. You've got to live out of the Spirit. Let's go to Matthew 4 and verse 4. Jesus here, being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And of course, this is the first thing that Jesus uses to repeal the devil, right? Jesus was told to make, remember how Satan tempted him to make the stones bread? And this is what Jesus said to him. Jesus says in verse 4, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Again, we see that same truth, that God couldn't even think upon his own word and accomplish anything. He had to speak his own word before he accomplished something. 
Again, Jesus is telling us, hey, you can't live on natural food because you're not just a natural being. You need a, you need a spiritual diet. You need a spiritual diet. Because if you were just flesh alone, bread would be all that you need. But since you're a spirit being, you're going to need spirit food. Now this is what Jesus is teaching us here. What food is to the body, the word of God is to your spirit. Right? What food does for your natural body, the word of God does for your spirit. Hmm. Oh, we're going to get into some things now. Like I said before, the Bible does not tell us to read the word. It tells us to feed on the word. Jesus making the comparison between the word of God and food. Now think about food. Think about when you go, and I've used this illustration before, but I'm going to use it again. It's my illustration. I can use it as much as I want to. (laughs) But when you go, you know, uh, when you go to the, the refrigerator and you open the door... And you sit there, what are you doing? You're looking upon, you're pondering, you're considering. You're what? You're building potential. (laughs) All right? Oh, that leftover pizza's got potential. Right? Oh, those barbecue ribs from a couple nights ago, they got potential, right? Oh, we got some milk, and I know there's some honey bunches of oats in the cupboard. There's some potential there. Or once in a while, special treat. Oh, there's a new box of Fruit Loops just showed up. You got to love having a four-year-old and a two-year-old at home. Amen. <laughs> not that we feed our kids Fruit Loops all the time. And if we did, that's our business and not yours. <laughs> Amen. Well, you look in there. What do you do? And you're sitting there. You're scanning potential. But then your spouse shows up, right? And, and, and she comes into the room and says, you know, and, and have you ever noticed how you're there long enough? You're sitting there, you're staring in that fridge, the light's been on, all of a sudden the, 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 the compressor in the refrigerator kicks on, yeah. boom, yeah. and all the lights dim yeah. for a second, because you're sitting there, you're letting out all the cold air, yeah. all the juice, and that thing's trying to compensate, right? Yeah. And you're standing there, you're looking, and she says, what are you doing? <laughs> and what if you said, I'm eating. She'd look at you and say, you're not eating. You're not feeding on a thing. You're just looking with your eyes. Because food isn't for the eyes only. It's for the mouth. Just like the word of God is not for the eyes only. It's for the mouth. If you're standing there, you're looking at those... You know, that, that steak, or you're looking at that chicken, and you're looking at all that good stuff, and you think, you know what, I need that protein, I need that nutritional content, I need it to get into my system and get working. You don't just sit there and stare at it and hope that that nutritional content comes through your eyeballs. Man, how I wish it happened like that. Yeah, I mean, you go into these bakeries, you see that stuff, you say, I think I'm just going to try some of that right now. No, you know it doesn't work like that. You know those nutrients aren't going to get anywhere until they go through your mouth, right? right. The same thing for the Word. You are not going to live in the life of the Word. You're not going to live in that power of the Word until it gets out of your mouth, right? right. Glory to God. 
So we see what Jesus is saying here. He's saying if you want to feed your spirit man with the feasting of the word of God, you're going to have to get that spiritual food coming out of your mouth, right? Coming in your ears and speaking the word of God. Amen. Because we know that the word isn't meant for the eyes alone. Amen. The word is meant for our mouth. You will have no nutritional value in the word until you get speaking it. Oh, come on. God had a mouth, right? God has a mouth. Notice it had to proceed out of the mouth of God. Even this, God had to use this same process himself. He couldn't get away with it. He couldn't say, well, I'm God. And so he said, once he made his word this way, he himself had to abide by how it functions. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you just go ahead and get excited. Because you're about to see here in a moment how, to, how this works. Nothing is good. You know, doesn't food... Now, sometimes, <laughs> it's not always a good thing, but aren't you glad that that nutritional content, it sticks to you? Sticks to you. Now, sometimes we eat things that we don't want to stick to us. But how many of you know they stick to you anyway? Right? And you got to be disciplined. So some people are sitting there, oh, that's a bad confession, Pastor Tim. No, listen... All your confessions in the whole wide world, if you're eating garbage food, it's going to stick to you no matter how much you try to use your faith. You you can pray the the everlasting gospel over that humongous piece of cake. That sugar is still going in. Faith does not override wisdom. Faith and wisdom work together. They're not enemies. Amen. I'm going to use my faith. I'm just going to say these calories don't exist. They do. <laughs> they exist. That's like saying, I'm going to use my faith to get out of being responsible. You can't, God does not allow you to use your faith to get out of responsibility. <laughs> I'm going to miss church, but I promise, Pastor Tim, when I'm out there on the golf course, I'm going to quote a half a dozen verses. People do it. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. I know, Pastor Tim, I didn't come to church, but I had John Hagee playing, on in the, playing in the background. I had so much to do. I had to mow the yard. I listened to Brother Hagen on my MP3. Come on. I was building my faith outside of the local church. There's no such thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, anyway, that's free, no charge. So what we need to understand here is how soul and spirit are joined together. We have to understand this. The word of God is the only thing that can pierce down there between that place where soul and spirit meet. And where soul and spirit meet, the word of God is going to build a bridge between the two. It's going to connect those two parts of your nature. And then you're going to start to pursue the things of God. You're going to be sensitive to the thing of God. Because now your mind isn't, isn't ruling the show. Now your born-again nature is ruling the show. All right, I'm just going to start to demonstrate now what it looks like. Because if I just stopped here, if I didn't give you a good example of what it means to feed on the Word of God, you would leave here and probably so very few people would ever know or do anything about it, right? You've got to see what, it, what it, it, it sounds like. Like I said, this is what I meant when I say I'm my favorite preacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Come on. 
Now, now people will see that and say, oh my goodness, he just thinks so high. I'm not talking about my ministry or the pastor of this church. I'm talking about when I need to stir my heart to a good matter. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just start. I, I quoted this verse earlier. It's a real good one. Let's take Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, right? Right? Blessed is the man that walked. Now, this is what I do in my time. This is what I was doing a lot today. Before I was even really, you know, meditating on this message or whatever. I was just getting filled with the word. All right? This is what it looks like. Now, so many people, they have a hard time knowing, where do I start in the Bible? Where do I go? I just don't know where to go. Go somewhere! Go to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs. There's 31 of them. 31 days in the month, right? You got one for every month. I'm not telling you you got to make that a rule or a religion or anything. But if you don't know where to start, just go to the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of practical living there. Go to the epistles. Go to Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, right? I skipped Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, right? Go, go in 1st uh, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy. Go to the epistles. Go to the, 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 the scripture that was written for Christians. Read in there. Meditate. And every time it talks about what a born-again believer is, put your name in that verse That's right. and make it yours. Don't just think about it, but you say, I am what the Word says I am. I can do what the Word says I can do. I have what the Word says I have. Now let's just, let's just start. Now if I get going, because when, when I open a can like this, sometimes I just get going. I, I don't know how it's going to work here. All right, I might quote two scriptures, I might quote 20, 25, 30, 40, I don't know. Yeah. Let's just, just, just see. Yeah. But uh, Psalm chapter uh, 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the, uh, uh, the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, or in his word, does he meditate day and night. Now this is the part that's talking about you. If you meditate in the word, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, who shall bring forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Father, I thank you. I prosper in all that I put my hands to. Father, I thank you that I prosper. My leaf is not withering. I'm not tired. I'm not expired. I'm not wearing out. I'm not burning out. My leaf doesn't wither. My health doesn't wither. My finances don't wither. I am planted deep, and my roots are deep into the waters of the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God is feeding me and bringing life to me. The Spirit of God is alive according to Ephesians 3.20 that the power of God worketh in me. And He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power that works in us. The power of God works in me. The power of God is working. As I tithe, it works for me. As I quote Scripture, it works for me. Hallelujah, it works. It works. You see, that's exactly what you do when you get feeding on the Word of God. It says you'll bring forth your fruit in your season. There's a season coming. There's fruit coming. It's abounding unto my account. Galatians 6 and verse 9 says, Grow not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. There's a season coming to you. There's a season coming to you. And there's fruit coming. There's blessing coming. You need help with finances? They're coming. Lord, I thank you. The finances are coming. The fruit is coming. The health is coming. I thank you, Father God, but, oh, the strength I need. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, people, they start getting worried about, uh, they let worry creep in there about their kids and their safety. No, 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 no. Don't you get 
what does it say over there? Psalm 511. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Because God defends them. Lord, you defend me. Lord, you defend me. Lord, and you say in verse 12 that you will bless the righteous. You will encompass me round about with favor as with a shield. Favor is around me. Favor is my shield. He is my exceeding great reward. He is my shield. I am protected. It says in Psalm 4, 8 that you will both lay yourself down in peace and sleep. For you, Lord, only make us dwell in safety. Lord, you make us dwell in safety. My children dwell in safety. According to Proverbs 14 and verse 26, that in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. And my children have a place of refuge. According to Proverbs 20 and verse 7, a just man is blessed in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. His children are blessed after him. According to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 13, all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great is their peace. Great is the peace of my children. Timothy walks in the peace of God. Michael walks in the peace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I thank you. I walk in the peace of the Lord. Father, you said, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 112, verses 1 and 2. And also verse 3, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and, great, and greatly delighteth in his commandments. For his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness shall endure forever. My children are blessed. Through the generation of the upright, they're blessed. Praise you, Lord. They're well taken care of. Wealth and riches are in our house, and our righteousness endures forever. Yes. Hallelujah. According to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, right? The blessing of the Lord maketh me rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. 2 Corinthians 8 9, knowing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty would be made rich. Right. Hallelujah. Right? Verse 11, that all grace and earthly favor would abound towards you so that in all things you will have complete sufficiency, requiring no aid, but having enough left over to give to every charitable donation and work. Hallelujah. You just get filled with the word. Filled with the word. Filled with the word. You know, you just, you just get going. This is how you meditate and feed on the word. Just preach yourself. Preach yourself happy. Stir that thing up. I'll just sit there in my chair in my office and I'll, I'll, I just, uh, I'll start in the book of Psalms. I'll go through every one. You know, and if cares and troubles are getting on my life, I say, oh, no, no, no. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy cares, cast thy burden upon the Lord for he shall, shall, shall sustain thee. He will not suffer the righteous to be moved. Father, I am not able to be moved. You cannot move me. Right. There's nothing in this world that's going to move me. That's right. There's nothing that the devil can throw at me is going to move me. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. According to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, he great casting all of your cares upon him for he careth much for you, right? The Amplified says, tenderly and affectionately, God cares for you, Father. I thank you. You love me. You love me. You care for me tenderly and affectionately. You know, you got to pace the floor with these things. You got to speak these things. Right? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who what forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. Right? Psalm 105, verse 37, talking about the Israelites out of Egypt. God brought them forth with much silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. 
Father, I thank you that if you did that for your Old Testament saints, how much more you will do that for me who's living under a new covenant with better promises. Amen. See, this is how you feed on the word. Feed on the word. You sit there and you... I'm not saying you got to have the, the, the loud screaming voice. Get it done. Maybe you, you just sit there and you just proclaim some things. You're just sitting in your chair feeding on the word. Maybe you're in the privacy of your own office, a room, wherever you go, maybe in your car. I don't know where it is, but you're just feeding on the Word. Feeding on the Word. Feeding on it. Speaking it. Declaring it. Amen. Are you getting some help out of this? This is how soul and spirit are joined. This, your mind needs to hear your own voice. Your heart will hear your own voice. And it'll be written on the tables of your heart. So what scriptures are you standing on for the health of your body? Do you have some locked and loaded and ready to go? If not, you're vulnerable. Yeah, right. sure. what, what verses are you standing on for your children? What, what verses are you standing on for your finances? What, what verses are you standing on for your peace? What do you have locked and loaded? Where, where is it down here that the Spirit of God can draw it out from your remembrance? Well, I just, I, 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 I just don't have any. Why? Yeah, right. Come on. Why? Why don't you have any? Because I, I look around here, I don't see too many people that were just saved yesterday. Yeah, that's right. That's right? Yeah. So you got some verses. What are you standing on? I mean, sometimes I, I've, I've put people on the spot. You know, they'll come to me, oh, Pastor, I need counseling, I need counseling. This is what's going on, well, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. Okay, what verse are you standing on? Ah, did, what, what? And I say, I'm no help for you. Right. I can't help you. Because if you won't stand on the word, you're not going to stand on me. That's, that's right. I will not let you stand on me. Because you'll crush me. You'll crush what God's called me to do because I'm not your Jesus and I won't be. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. So many times people want, oh, pastor, 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 you pray for me, pray for me. No, I'll tell you right now, I won't. <laughs> Can't believe he said that. Come on. I will pray with you. We will agree together. James five thirteen. Is anyone afflicted among you? Let him pray. Let him pray. Let him pray. I've had a lot of people, they come up and they, they're just there to get the pastor to do their praying for them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be your ambulance. I'm not going to rush to the scene of, your, you know, to the scene of a, 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 a tragedy or something. Pastor Tim, when were you there for me then? I'm here for you right now. This is it. This is it. I am here right now telling you how to get filled with the word, how, how, how to just build up your spirit, man, how connect soul and spirit. Now, if you call, if there was something, don't misunderstand me. I'll agree with you in faith. Sometimes people misunderstand me thinking that pastor's trying to be so tough up here or something. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I don't let people stand on me. How many pastors have been crushed trying to hold the people up? I can't. I can only show you the word. The word is able to carry you. I'm not. I'm not. So what verses are you standing on for your business? What verses are you standing on for the department of your ministry? 
What verses are you standing on? What are you confessing on a daily basis for your finances? What are you confessing for your marriage? What are you confessing? Give, give me chapter and verse. <laughs> right, good. Cha- give me chapter and verse. That's right, that's right. Well, pastor, I guess, um, uh, yeah. well, I got some studying to do. Yeah, you got some studying to do. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Because I don't wait for a trial to make me faithful. Right, right. Why are you, letting a, why are you faithful to hard times? People are more faithful to hard times than they are just being faithful to the Word. I'm not waiting for a crisis to get faithful in the Word. God forbid it would take a crisis to get you faithful to the Word. Get faithful to the Word. Just get faithful to the Word because it's God speaking to you. It's the voice of the Lord. It's the power. Psalm 119, right around the 50th verse, it says, Thy Word quickens me. Thy Word quickens me. Makes alive sustains can we did you hey what happened to matthew 4 4 (laughs) bring matthew 4 4 back up bring it up in the amplified it says but he replied it is not it has been written man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone but man shall live and be upheld and sustained by the word that comes forth from the mouth of god I, can't, I cannot uphold you. Your spouse can't uphold you. They can agree. They can release their faith for you. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But you're going to have to stand on the word. So your spirit, man, I'll tell you so many times when, when, when I get into praying and God starts speaking to me, verses just start coming up. You know, God will speak to me in a verse. He'll just start speaking that word, right? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22 talking about the word of God. It says, when you sleep, it will guard you. When you go, it will speak with you. The word of God will talk to you. Some of you are believing God for sleep. Someone in here believing God for sleep. I could probably say, who is it? Maybe half the people or all of us would raise our hands. (laughs) You're believing God for sleep. Well, how about Psalm 127, verse 2? He gives his beloved sleep. According to Ephesians 1 and verse 7, you are the beloved of God. Father, I'm your beloved. You give me sleep. According to Proverbs 3 and verse 24, thou shalt not, when thou liest down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down, and your sleep shall be sweet. Father, I thank you for sweet sleep. I thank you for rest. I am in the beloved. Oh, Father, Father. You said this is a rest wherewith you shall cause the weary to rest. Father, as I pray in the Holy Ghost, as I seek you, I thank you rest comes. I thank you that refreshing comes. Father, for you said with another tongue and stammering lips shall you speak unto this people. And this is the rest wherewith you shall cause the weary to rest. Father, I thank you. You cause the weary to rest. I thank you rest comes to me. Hallelujah. You just speak that word. Amen. Did you get some help here tonight? That's how you do it. How you do it? Now, if you say, well, all I do is pray. Well, good, I'm glad you pray, but now you need to mix this in. You need to balance it out. You need to be a person of the word and prayer. That's right. Word and prayer. We are going to be staying for a prayer meeting tonight. Uh, You you know, if you you can be here, I highly recommend uh, that you do. I'm never going to dare promise what the Holy Ghost is going to do, but I just know good things are going to be happening. Amen. Amen. 
So if we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, just pray here in a second, we're going to take up an offering, and then we're going to uh, break for a, a quick intermission, then we're going to get to praying. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, Father, for what food is to our body, the word is to our spirit. Father, just like food is not for our eyes only, it's for our mouth. Thank you, Father. We thank you that the word of God is sharp, piercing down to the place where soul and spirit meet that we would be spiritually minded, which is life and peace. Father, we want to walk in the spirit, where our spirit and our mind are in a coalition together, not our flesh and our mind. Father, we're going to unseat the flesh as a captain of our thoughts. Father, we thank you tonight that we think with the word of God. We think, Father. We thank you that we're forgiven. We thank you we walk in the grace of God. We thank you, Father, that you just highly love us and cherish us, Father. We're highly loved, highly blessed, highly favored. Father, we thank you. We're highly loved, highly blessed, highly favored. Lord, you are the oh, Lord, you are a light in our salvation. Whom shall we fear? You are the strength of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? Father, you're the strength of our life. You're the strength of our life. Father, you give us strength. Thank you, Father, for your holy angels that are in this service tonight to assist those that are heirs of salvation. Father, I thank you that, Father, according to Psalm 91 and verse 11, that you'll give your angels charge over us to bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against one stone. No plague near our dwelling. No evil befall us. No plague near our dwelling. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We're delivered from the pestilence that stalks at noonday. Father, we're delivered from the destruction that flies at night. Father, we thank you. We're delivered from the pestilence. Father, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Father, we will say of the Lord, He is our refuge, our God, our strong tower in whom we trust. Father, we thank you, Lord God. You said in Proverbs 133 that, Lord God, if we hearken unto you, we will dwell safely and will be quiet, quiet, quiet from the fear of evil. Father, you said in Proverbs 12, 21, you said there shall no evil happen unto the just. Father, we thank you. No evil, no evil, no evil, no evil befall us. No plague near our dwelling. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Father, you said in Proverbs 21, 23 that if we keep our tongue and our mouth from trouble, we'll keep our soul from troubles. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, you said in, 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 in Psalms 37, 25, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Father, we have plenty of provision, plenty of provision. Father, Psalm 35, verse 27, let them shout for joy, then that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, the prosperity of his servant. Father, we thank you. We live in the, the abundance that you have provided for us. Lord, we thank you that you've caused us to prosper. Father, you've caused us to, Lord, you said in 3 John, verse 2, that you wish above all things that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul and our mind prospers. Father, we thank you we're on good health. Father, we thank you for good health. Father, we thank you for good health. We thank you, Lord, for good health. 
Father, we thank you according to Psalm 107 and verse 20 that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Father, we thank you according to 1 Peter 2.24 who in his own self bear our sins on the tree that we being uh, dead to sins are alive under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Father, we thank you for Matthew 8.17 himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Father, we thank you that Christ bore our sickness and our disease. Father, we thank you so we don't have to bear them. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you tonight, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your, your healing word. Father, you said in, in Proverbs 16, 24, that pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Father, we thank you. Your word produces health to our bones. Father, you said in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7, you said, be not wise in our own eyes, depart from evil, fear the Lord. Verse 8, so it shall be health to thy uh, marrow, health to thy bones, marrow to our bones. Father, we thank you for health and strength. Lord God, we thank you for life. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, you said, so shall our barns be filled with plenty and our vats shall burst out with new wine. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for it. We believe that word. We speak it. We speak that word. We speak that word. Lord, thank you for what we've learned tonight. We thank you. Father, I thank you what was taught, but I thank you for what was caught. And Lord, we just take up the offering now, Father. We're just here to honor uh, the things of God, the house of God, the word of God. And Father, as we sow seed into good ground, we say it's blessed. Father, we say it's blessed. We say it's blessed. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Miss Vanessa, could you come here, please? Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Let's just worship God. Let's just worship God. There's a season of great rest coming to you. There's a season of great sleep coming to you. It will be divine sleep. Yeah, and you've entered into it now. You've started to taste it now. But there's a greater measure, measure coming to you. A greater measure of divinely granted rest. <laughs> and it won't stay. It won't stay. Oh, 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 oh. The pressures, the pressures, the pressures, the pressures. They won't stay. They won't last. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's giving way to rest. Giving way to rest in refreshing. Rest in refreshing. So receive the rest and refreshing of the Lord. Glory to God. Let's praise God. Let's worship God. Oh, glory. Rest, 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 rest. If you've been trouble, if you've had trouble sleeping, ushers, just back off for a moment. If you have trouble sleeping, if you are going through a, a time where you're having trouble going to sleep at night, come forward. If there's anyone that you're having trouble uh, uh, having some rest at night, just come forward. Come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The rest of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I declare rest upon you. I declare, Father, I thank you. She is the beloved of the Lord. I thank you that, Father, that rest and sleep, divinely granted sleep and rest, comes upon her and overtakes her. Father, for you said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all. Follow us all, all the days of our life. Rest, 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 rest. Rest, glory to God, rest, rest. Hallelujah, divinely granted rest and sleep. Divinely granted rest and sleep. 
come to you. Come to you. When you lie down, do not be afraid. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. Do not let fear. According to 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind. Sound mind. Sound mind. Peace and rest. Peace and rest. Peace and rest. And I just say, I break that off you right now. That restlessness, I break it off you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' name. Divinely granted rest. Divinely granted rest. Rest comes to you. Rest comes to you. Rest comes to you. Rest comes to you. Rest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Divinely granted rest. Divinely granted rest. The anointing of the Lord is upon you to sleep. For you are the beloved of the Lord. And He loves you. And He cares for you. And He says, cast all of your care upon Him. For He affectionately and tenderly loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You, fall, you do not fall short in His eyes. You do not fall short in His eyes. So don't listen to the thoughts of man. Do not be afraid of what people think. For you're dear and you're precious in the eyes of the Lord. And He loves you. And He loves you. He loves you. Know that you're loved. Know that you're cared for. Know that you're loved. Know that you're cared for. Know that you're loved. You have a Father in Heaven. A Father in Heaven. A Father in Heaven who loves you and cares for you. And now He says, sleep. Sleep for you, my precious daughter. Sleep for you, my precious saint. Sleep for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Let's worship God. Let's bless Him. Let's thank Him tonight. Father, thank You. Glory. Glory. Rest. Rest. Hallelujah. Praise You, Father. Praise You, Father. Praise You, Father. We worship You, Lord. We worship You, Lord. Father, we thank You tonight. We praise You. We glorify You. Thank You, Father God. Anything else right now? Lord, if there's anything else, Lord, we'll move with it. We just praise Your holy name. You're so good. Rest and refreshing. Rest and refreshing. Listen now. Listen. There's days of prosperity ahead. There's days of provision. Provision is coming. But there's been a level of provision that has been withheld because you're not rested. God blesses in a time of rest. Some of you have neglected rest. You've neglected sleep. You've neglected rest. You've neglected sleep. And sometimes you've wondered, where, where's that provision I'm believing God for? Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? It'll come at the other end of rest. So rest. I hear it on my spirit. Rest. And it's connected to provision. It's connected to finances. It's connected to provision. It's connected to finances. You're not getting the right rest. And it's withholding things. Mm. Thank you, Father. Sometimes we fail to understand how these things are connected, but they are. They're connected. They're connected. Thank you, dear Father. Rest, 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 rest. New season, new season. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We love you tonight, Lord God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Lord, I just await upon you. 
Lord, if there's something else we're to do right now, Father, we'll do it. We're just going to obey you. The service belongs to the Holy Ghost. We love you, praise you. Hallelujah. Rest. Yeah, we hit a chord with that one. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and bring the, the, the ushers back forward. We'll get ready to take up our offering. Amen. Isn't it good to sow seed into good ground? Amen. Father, we just come before you. We release this seed into good ground. We say it comes back multiplied. We speak to our seed and we say, Seed you go and produce harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers, may serve the people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Divinely granted sleep. There is such a thing. And God wants you to have it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to just uh, take a, a transition here. We understand there's uh, some families here tonight that you have young children and uh, you get them home and things. We understand that. But if you can stay for prayer, you want to stay hooked up. Amen. Praise God. Let's go ahead and just uh, uh, take a, a short intermission. We'll be back in just a couple minutes and we'll start prayer meeting. <laughs>